Have you ever considered sunlight to be a crop? A crop that you can harvest and profit from? In this podcast, Pam Yonke, host of the Midwest Farm Report, talks with Brandon Olson of Olson Solar Energy about the unique energy needs of a Midwest farm and the many advantages of solar energy. Solar energy has been getting an awful lot of attention by a lot of different demographics, a lot of different folks that may have land, may only have uh, residential property. Brandon Olson, let's talk a little bit about uh, what's been happening in the industry lately. Uh, there's been increased presence of solar energy in the rural communities. Is there new incentives? Have there been a change in how we're looking at this renewable energy? Yes. So incentives, uh, you know, they're, they're still there. Uh, a lot of them are still the same since in the past five years. Um, they've gone down a little bit, but what has gone also gone down is cost and price. Um, solar is becoming bigger, and the bigger uh, industry becomes, the cheaper things can be made. Um, so what we're finding right now is that sweet spot between cost-effective and you know, wanting to do it right by the environment, right? So the, the cost effective has now gotten to a point to where the ROI and the buyback is uh, much more of a reasonable, attainable thing. So. Mm-hmm. so give me some of the bullet points. If I'm a farmer that's sitting out there, maybe I'm coming up on retirement or something like that. So I have to be very careful about my investments, but I've got the land. Uh, I'm out in the country. What kinds of things should I think through as far as, is this right for me? Yeah. Um, you know, the, the big thing that I always uh, tell people is that, you know, if, if you can afford it, that it is the right thing to do because it, the payback is generally between eight to 12 years. Um, the bigger the system, the faster you can pay it back. The warranties that we use, 25-year warranty. So if you think about it from a ROI perspective, you're going to pay it back in 10 years. You have a guarantee last of 15 more years that you're actually making money off of the system. Um, and then not only that, but we're typically seeing 35, 40, 50 years. Uh, most of my service calls are from solar panels in the 70s and 80s. Um, I think that that kind of speaks for itself, yeah. right? Right. Yeah. So let's, uh, I'm maybe thinking about location. I know that uh, you talk a lot about we can put it anywhere, but where are the ideal spots? If I've got a 40 or if I've got, you know, multiple acres that I can consider, really, what is the ideal location? The main thing that we want is we want it to face south. Um, so if you've got a plot of land, like a, you know, a strip of a field that is, has a kind of a north-south uh, line uh, running along it, that's where we want, we're going to want to put it, is just on the south end. The beauty of solar is that it can go anywhere. Um, you know, the farms that we've done, we've done them on you know, big barns. Uh, we've done it on basically kind of a strip right in between a field, two fields, so that way um, you're not actually taking up any of your actual crop um, space for it. Um, we have gone into crops because that's where a customer wants it, but there's there's so many different locations, so many different places that you can put it. It really kind of opens up the door as far as we're going to put it in the perfect spot, but also what makes sense to you and your needs and what you want. So give me a sense of what an average setup looks like. If I'm trying to visualize how big these panels are going to be, you know, because maybe mama's worried about an eyesore. How big are these panels going to be? Give me a little bit of what I should prepare for mentally. 
a typical panel itself is going to be about uh, four feet wide and seven feet tall. Um, those are kind of that's kind of the, your standard panel, right? So if you kind of use that, um, a typical home will use thirty panels. Uh, we are seeing you know upwards of between forties and fifty panels for a farm, just because they're using quite a bit more energy for the whole property, right? Um, so you, you can kind of accumulate that into your head as far as square footage. Um, one of the big things is is the roof. Uh, we we have a lot of people wanting to put it on the roof. It kind of eliminates that view. Um, you know, ground mounts can be kind of bulky. I think that they're great because then we can position them in the perfect spot, but barns work very well too, as long as it's facing somewhat south or east-west. Definitely mm-hmm. not north, but if you have a north-facing roof, then the other side's probably south, right? Yeah, right. There we go. There we go. <laughs> so. Well, and I'm th- that's what I'm thinking. If I've got new construction coming up soon, it could be something I factor in just for the load. How heavy are the panels? Uh, so the panels are relatively uh, light, uh, 45 pounds a panel. When we are thinking about putting on a roof, we're speaking square footage, uh, pounds per square foot. Um, you know, generally we're around two and a half to three and a half pounds per square foot. Uh, basically the weight of a pineapple on a roof. Yeah. <laughs> so as long yeah. as your roof can handle the pineapple, it can handle the solar panels. Yeah, well, we've got so many livestock sheds and, uh, you know, machine sheds out there that that's what made me wonder how the the trust strength I've already got would be able to withstand some addition. We're always going to take a look um, at your trust and what you have for uh, for scale and weight. Um, if there's any question, uh, we will always have an engineer um, actually st- stamp off on and say that this is going to hold, the solar panels are going to hold the weight. Nine out of ten times, I've we've never had any issues with actually being able to ha- handle the weight. The other thing you talked about was the construction, um, you know, constructing a new building. Uh, we have a lot of customers, especially for just new homes, residential is what we see common, but wrapping that into their home mortgage, their mortgage, their, you know, their, their, um, you know, their, their loan that they're getting is to add solar in. It's a very relatively inexpensive thing to where you don't actually see too much of the cost added onto it, but uh, you get a great value out of it. Let's talk a little bit more about uh, the, the systems. So you mentioned that we could get to a zero energy balance on the farm. So how much how do I generate, how do I pencil out how much I need to generate? And then I mentioned to you before we started our conversation, Brandon, there was a time when farmers were sold uh, that, uh, hey, you go ahead and put this up. What you don't use on the farm, you'll sell back to the utility. Fast forward to the way it is today. When you're trying to figure out the size of your system, what I my, my first thing would be just to call us. Um, you know, we do it all the time. We do it a lot, so we're very good at it. We will be able to find out how much energy you actually need because every house is different. Everybody uses a different amount of energy. Some people might use a lot more. Some people might use a lot less, and that's going to dictate how big your system is. Um, so, you know, it might be 50 panels, might be 30 panels. Do we have to have a zoning permit or anything for this? Yeah, so typically we do have to have a zoning permit, especially if it's a ground mount. Uh, ground mounts are considered, uh, you know, permanent service, uh, so we're going to have to. But that is something that we do all the time. Uh, we sell what is called a turnkey installation. That means that you don't have to worry about anything. Uh, we are going to go through. We're going to get the permits for you. We're going to be working with the inspectors and the energy company to make sure that everything's uh, good to go. So you don't have to worry about any of it. Um, and yes, there, there, and there's definitely some permitting to, to go with it. Uh, generally, not a big deal. Okay. 
because uh, farmers are used to a lot of permitting. Yep. So you mentioned about your energy partners. Focus on Energy is one of those partners that you've been working with for a while, and I know a lot of farmers in agribusiness are familiar with them. Yes, yeah. So Focus on Energy is a great resource um, to get a little bit of ta- uh, incentives um, to be able to uh, get the price down a little bit. So typically what they do, they have some great bonuses actually right now for agriculture specifically. Um, so anybody that's kind of in, in a rural area um, is able to use Focus on Energy. Another same thing with the turnkey installation, we're going to take care of all of that. Uh, we're going to make sure that all the paperwork's filed and everything that they need is, is sent to them so that way they will send you a check um, directly to your house. How do you factor in the changing weather conditions that we've got in Wisconsin? I mean, to your point, the sun is generally there, but uh, my energy consumption might change. You know, as I think about some of these dairies, they start running fans for the cows. Maybe they're doing a sprinkler system. We've got everything is electric and automatic in most of our farms today. How do you guys flex for that kind of uh, high peak demand. You're going to be connected to the grid and the grid is going to account for any extra usage that you're using at that time. Um, we, we typically won't see like an off-grid system. Um, we do we do offer battery systems um, as a, you know, if the grid goes out or if you, you know, that you can get your system, um, keep some essential loads going that are really important to you. Um, but we typically don't see that and, and that will help account for, you know, if I happen to be using a lot of energy this day, um, you know, you're just going to take as much as you need from the grid, you know, minus the solar. So, you know, and this, the other thing I'm thinking is this is a sweet answer for folks that have a maple sugar shack out in the woods mm-hmm. and, you know, your, your hand stoking the evaporator, but it'd be nice to have lights in the cabin, that type of thing. I'm assuming that for a lot of folks that have a lot of rural properties that would otherwise be, you know, I'm pulling a generator every time, this could be a pretty slick answer for them. I, I think so. You know, we get a lot of people, you know, for us, it's it's hunting cabins, right? A lot of people up north and a lot of people have those cabins and it's, they call us and say, it's going to be $30,000 for the energy company to get out to this cabin. What what do you have to offer? And we could typically be under that um, to be, to so, so that way that saves them a lot of money for just to get the energy com- company out there and then to pay a monthly bill to them, right? So um, yeah, we typically see that uh, for hunting cabins, but it is something that is a, a definite um, alternative how close does it have to be to the buildings? Because in my mind's eye, you know, we were talking about if you're if you're going to build a structure, or if you've got one that's already pretty well built, putting the system on that building. How close, ideally, is the system to? I'd say I'll say the end user. It can be as far as you want it to be. We typically want it to be within 150 feet is okay. kind of our, our goal. Um, we've done systems that are 500 feet, 300 feet away. Um, we certainly can make them farther away if we need to, especially if it's based on, you know, what's available to us for location. But 150 feet is that sweet spot of where, you know, the cost doesn't go up because the farther away, the, the more wire, wire you have. Wire. So yeah. <laughs> so you just so so it's just going to be more expensive. And that's just kind of one of those give and take things of as long as you, you understand that, it'll be fine to if we go farther away. So I'm used to investing, you know, a couple hundred thousand, half a million in the farm equipment that I use four weeks out of the year, but even that requires maintenance. So give me a little sense. Is it a hands-off situation? You don't want me touching it at all? Because, you know, we're kind of a do-it-on-ourselves kind of group. A lot of the maintenance stuff that I see with our systems, I can do actually on the computer in my office. Um, you know, they'll, somebody will give me a call, say, hey, this doesn't seem right. I'll take a look at it. Oh, this setting's wrong. I change it. Everything's back up and running. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of times where I don't even have to go out to the job site to be able to fix it. Um, as far as maintenance for that, 
It's an electrical system. So if you're not an electrician, um, I would suggest not touching it. Uh, kind of just any, anything that you, you know, any typical electrical device that you have. Um, the seasonality of Wisconsin, does that ever any cause any issue? You know, we're talking about solar panels, but if I've got three inches of snow on top of that solar panel, I got to believe it's not as efficient as it should be. <laughs> Absolutely, it's not. Um, the, the thing with ground mounts is that, it, you know, we're going to put it at a 33 degree pitch. Uh, what that means is that it's, it's relatively steep, so snow slides off pretty easily. Um, the beauty of the snow is it's very easy to take off. Uh, we, you know, we suggest a few things, um, you know, just basically a rubber squeegee um, that you just pull the snow off. It slides off very easily because it's glass. But if you didn't touch it, your system would produce what we expect it to produce. So anytime you actually take off snow, that just you're just getting extra power that we didn't account for, which is a good thing. Um, so it's kind of one of those give and takes. We'll have some people out there that will be out during in the middle of a snowstorm taking off taking snow okay. up because they want to get as much power as they can. Um, we have other people that won't touch it for the entire winter and, you know, and, and and it's not a big deal. So Well, and you know, I'm glad you clarified that though, because as we've been talking, I imagine a barn cat or a pigeon getting up there and if it's live, that would be that would be a not good thing on the farm. But what you're telling me is it's a safe system as it is. It's not like you're gonna shock yourself. If right. you're taking that snow off. Absolutely. Yes. You can touch the system. Everything's enclosed. All the wiring's enclosed. All the voltage is enclosed. Um, I mean, obviously, if there's a fray in the wiring and stuff like that, that can cause uh, open voltage. Um, you know, if, some, if a squirrel's uh, chewing on it or something like that, which we've had pigeons and stuff try to make nests in, in nests. Yeah. We just typically take the nest out. Sure. You know, what I love when you guys are talking with uh, my farm audience is how you say, you know, it's another crop that you could be harvesting. Mm-hmm. I mean... That's that's that right there strikes to a farmer's soul. You never want to miss any bushel. You never want to miss any opportunity. So what has what's been some of the feedback that you've gotten from farmers or rural landowners once they've actually gotten in the groove of using it? I think that farmers understand that, and I think farmers better know better than anybody when it co- talks about ROI and return on investment, right? So uh, it's just another crop, and uh, you know, I I love when we put it up on a barn because that roof is not being used for anything, and I know farmers especially want to use everything that they can in every area that they can because why not? Because I'm curious about your background and knowledge. Did it surprise you when you saw some of the energy bills on an average farm? I mean, people don't realize how many kilowatts an operating farm of any size will go through. Yeah. So, I mean, I definitely had an idea. There's a lot more buildings, right? So, <laughs> you know, than, than a typical house, you know, with one one play, one house, maybe a garage. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's a lot more buildings. Obviously, there's going to be more power involved in that. Um, it, it, the systems are significantly bigger than a, just a typical residential house, Big right? Time. And, you know, yeah. and it can be surprising, but it makes sense in the long run, especially sure. when it comes to, you know, like I said before, the bigger the system, the faster you can pay it off just because sure. you're buying in bulk. So just let's say I want to take a baby step. Let's say I want you guys to come out and help me uh, get my my baby calf set up to a zero energy bill. Because baby calf facilities, it's all about taking care of that baby calf. So that's heat in the winter. That's comfort in the summer. A lot of energy in that. So let's say I want to isolate how I'm using solar. Do you 
care to fool around with that? Or do you want to give it a bigger picture look every time? We'll always want to show people what it looks like for the full uh, benefit of having solar for completely, because that's where you're going to get the best ROI. Um, when you go to a smaller system, it gets more expensive because mm, there's yeah, certain costs sure. that don't go away. Like, you know, the electrician just getting out there in the right. first place. Yeah. That's always going to be there. So if you, you know, but it's significantly cheaper if you're doing a big system versus a small system. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, we certainly do that. Um, we have a, actually a lot of commercial buildings buildings and stuff and businesses that really, really are into what I, what, what, what we call the proof of concept, right? Mm-hmm. So they want to see that it works, right? Mm-hmm. And they want to understand yeah. it. Yep. Um, so get, getting them kind of a smaller system to start just to see what it looks like. Uh, the beauty of adding on for our systems, especially if we know that this is a, you know, a smaller system, we're going to put in a lot of the equipment that is, if you add it on, it would be very easy to yep. do um, and it's significantly cheaper, right? Yep. So um, yeah. So now let's say, uh, I, we haven't talked about it and it doesn't sound like it's really an option. You guys don't necessarily finance these systems. You'd prefer that I go to my private lender for that. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, especially farmers will understand, especially if you're using a credit union and, you know, in your, in your hometown, um, you're going to get much better rates and rates from your local oh, bank. Yeah. Right. I just wondered if I could get you guys to help write documentation for my egg lender that helps them better understand the ROI. Yeah, we can certainly take a look and, and help with any specifics or anything that you that, that people need help with. Uh, we're always we're always there to help. Um, but we you know, we aren't we aren't the experts in that. And right. So, you know, it would be right. much better to take it to your accountant or sure. to go talk to your credit union and, and talk to them about what what you need and what you need to well, do. Well, we got so. a depreciation schedule on most everything else on the farm. That's why it made me think what they're going to ask if I come looking for the money. Yes. So we talked about positioning of the systems but help me understand where that energy goes as it's collected. Is that uh, meshed right into my main lines? Is it in a collection area that will go on and off? Tell me how I get that sun from your system into my existing equipment. Typically, you're going to want to find where your meters are, you know, the, the meter that is recording the energy from the energy company. Because an agriculture system is going to be pretty big, so we're generally going to just just uh, attach right to the meter and right at that location. Um, what your solar is going to do is it's going to go through whatever is being used at that time uh, when it's available. Um, if you have extra, uh, then which is typical during the day, um, you know, you're producing a lot during the day and then at night you're not producing any. Um, so you're going to have more that you're producing during the day to be able to offset what you're doing at night. Uh, that energy will either go back to the grid. Um, some people have battery solutions. Battery solutions are pretty expensive. Um, so it's not something that we, you know, always typically advise especially when it comes to a you know a farm um because you know the when you start putting on batteries you kind of lose that roi a little bit sure so it it's nothing extra it's not complicated it's not dangerous there's folks that are listening if they're they've been involved in agriculture there's something called stray voltage that we got really spooked by uh with all this current that we're trying to move around a farm all that's been vetted and taken care of yeah solar is a very safe product um you know that uh people have had issues back in the 70s and 80s and a lot of that stuff has been taken care of right so a few big things that uh, you know that we really like is we use enphase energy which is a microinverter that has what's called a rapid shutdown um Mm. and this is required for all uh, inverters so Mm -hmm. when solar comes in it comes in as dc and then houses and farms are run on ac um the those inverters are kind of that stop where it switches from DC to AC, but it also 
is is a point to where we can make the system safe. So these microinverters, what they're going to do is if they are indicating any stray voltage, they're going to shut themselves down. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're going to, so that way your system is staying safe and then we can get out there as soon as possible to find where that stray voltage is happening, fix it, and then the microinverter will just power right back up and get going again. So... A lot of farms have backup generators just yes. so that they can keep cows fed and all that kind of stuff. So, And I always tell people that if you, know, if you are looking at strictly cost and you have a generator, um, use the generator. It's going to be a lot cheaper than getting batteries put into place. Uh, it seems like that's the next step is batteries. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping the next five to 10 years, we're going to see a significant decrease in price for batteries because uh, yep. that's kind of the next step in technology and what people are researching is they're really trying to focus on those battery systems to be able to make the solar worthwhile yeah. when, the, when the sun's not out. And what else are they doing cool? I mean, are they trying to turn them into something that looks more like a window, a little bit more uh, aesthetically pleasing than just a panel? What are you guys seeing coming yeah, down the road? Yeah, so uh, they're, they're always coming up with something um it, it's it's a you know it's a technology-based um I- industry uh we did uh, tesla roofs you know i think about it you know four years ago when we started kind of researching our this you know this equipment and stuff like that the difference between then and now of what we're using and what's coming out is just it, it it's it's way more efficient it's way better it's you know it's significantly cheaper it's just it it definitely is on that cutting edge of everybody wants to find something new and something cool with these panels and and what you can do so yeah there are windows things that they're in the process of developing um we did a system for a tesla roof you know with the tesla shingles where you just actually have just a roof for panels um it's it's always fun and it's always cool and we love learning new things so uh, you know we're always we're always out there looking for what's the next cool thing that's coming out well and that you know it's nice to know that it's an area that's catching interest and it's an area that is getting research. You know what I mean? Meaning it's not a mature industry that it's still got some good ideas to come. Absolutely. I think that this is something that, you know, is is definitely here and it's definitely going to stay and it's and it's growing rapidly and it's, you know, and everybody wants to find out the next cool thing when it comes to energy and renewables. I still think the emphasis is exactly where you guys place it and that is that it is another resource we are not harvesting. We could be harvesting. You know, there's no there's no wiggle room with our margins these days in agriculture to look past an opportunity for more yield. Can't say that enough, right? It's just, it is, um, you know, the, the roofs, the, you know, the, the, the side that you have to just trim out the weeds and stuff like that. Those are areas that could have solar panels. Um, it's not, they're not being utilized. And, and I think that that's something that people really kind of understand is I'm not using this space for anything. Let's use it for something. If you look around, especially farmers will understand, you know, invest investments, uh, 20 25-year warranty with a 10-year payback, um, that's a pretty sound investment. To know that this system is going to last 25 years or it's going to be replaced if placed if there's something wrong with it, right? So in my mind, it's a definite advantage and the ROI on it just makes sense. Well, just to be able to, for one month, <laughs> to not have to open the energy bill and about faint. Because, <laughs> you know, like I said, when we've got everything humming and buzzing and whirling in the summer, it 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 can be overwhelming to see that bill when things are already tight. So just imagine that peace of mind, that sigh that you get when the system's already in place. Brandon Olson along with me, just helping us to better understand the agriculture applications that solar may be able to find for your farm, for your rural property. I'm going to ask you about contract. Is there a longstanding agreement that I'm going to engage in? Tell me a little bit about that, or is it just for the building of the 
system. Yeah, so th- there's basically two contracts you sign, right? There's the warranty, and then there's the actual installation of it. The installation is about takes about 90 days um, to, to get the system up and running and installed and then completely done. That contract will be in place until the system is actually up and running, um, and then your warranty will start after once we actually turn the system on, and that will be your 25-year warranty of if there's anything, um, any workmanship wrong, we will come out free of charge to take care of it. You know, today in agriculture, we're always trying to help people understand that our goal is sustainability. A farm wants to be sustainable. And that's not just about making sure the next generation is ready to take on the responsibility. It's also about uh, utilizing the resources we've got available responsibly. I'm guessing that farmers really find solar resonating with that resilient, sustainable message they're trying to live. I don't know a farmer that would leave a field of corn standing, or beans for that matter. You don't leave your livestock out in the elements if you have otherwise. I mean, you just don't leave opportunity in your field. That's a very interesting perspective, and I think that's 100% true. This is the, the kind of product that a lot of Wisconsin agriculture has been pondering, and it's nice to know that it can go pretty much anywhere and a new crop for us to consider harvesting.